worthy to be praised. God is so good. Amen. Yep, yep. If you say anything about him, say he's good. Amen. Amen. And then you can have what you say. He'll be good to you. He'll be good to others. Uh, he will be good to all people. And so it's a wonderful thing to know that about God. It really, really is. So it's a good thing. So praise God. So we're going to talk today about believing. Only believe. Amen. Only believe. <clears throat> because I think many times we might get confused about what's necessary to please God. The Bible says without faith it's impossible, but with faith all things are possible. Amen? All things are possible with faith. Amen? Because God is a God of all possibilities. So if you ever want to get some stuff that seems like it won't get done, done, go to him. Amen? He'll get it done for you. No matter what it is, it can be a spiritual physical mental he doesn't care he just wants you to trust him and include him in all of your thoughts your plans i remember reading uh about loving god with all of your mind and i had had mind problems i had had emotional problems where i was depressed in my soul and uh i i was thinking about that and and uh i was just wondering i said well is that a right scripture to have in there? Or, you know, I mean, God's not concerned with our minds. And then I realize he's concerned about everything about us. Amen. He really, really is. And uh, he, he's got the greatest mind of anybody in all history. So he understands everything about your mind. He understands how to heal it. He understands how to keep it whole. He understands all of those things. So it's just a good thing to understand that God knows everything. He wants to help us with everything. He has a remedy for everything. So there's nothing that you can experience in life that he doesn't have an answer for. He doesn't have a good remedy and a good plan for your life. So I think when people get, you know, kind of feel like, oh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do and you know what college to go to if you're a young person you know or what what uh, field of endeavor you can always go to god amen and find out what are you here for what's he put you in this earth for what plan does he have for you and if he shares the plan he also has the ability to help you fulfill the plan so don't think because god's involved in something you won't be able to do it or you won't be able to achieve it. That's when you can really achieve is when God is involved in what you do. So it's it's good to keep him in the forefront of everything and always make the choice to believe his word. Take him at his word. He will not lie. He cannot lie. He has no interest in lying. He has no interest in disappointing us. Amen. He always wants us to be encouraged and and uh, be uh, expecting good things. Amen. If you expect good things, God will show up. Amen. If you in, in, expect trouble, uh, somebody else will show up. Amen. Some of them rough cousins or some of them people from your past or, you know, you want good things. So God will always show up in the midst of your expectation of good. So, amen. So we're talking about only believe. Amen. And what are we to only believe? Well, I think you have to start believing where your greatest foundation of truth lies. 
And that's in the blood and the atonement. See, That's the foundation for all of our faith. Even under the old covenant, that was the foundation of their faith too. Is that Jesus had paid the price for their their livelihood. All of the blessings that they would get, it all came from the hand of God. And it was all freely given as long as you believed. And so God has been looking for people uh, throughout the history of mankind who would just believe him. Amen. When he created man in the garden, he put them in there. It was a matter of them believing that what he said see, and obeying what he said in spite of anything else that was going on. So when the serpent shows up with a different story to tell them, that was the test. Are you going to hold on to what God's told you, or are you going to believe this new dude slinking around here is telling you something different? And oftentimes what happens is that, that God's authority, his integrity, his character becomes challenged. And so when his character is challenged, then we have to make a decision. Are we going to go with the Holy One who has strong character and and wants only good for us are we going to believe a lie and think that god does not want us to do good or he does not want us to be healed or he does not want us to be happy he does not want us to be married and be fulfilled and all the things you know we can hang a, a question mark on god as to what he wants for us then the devil can kind of back us into a corner and and get us uh, into thinking things will never get better uh, you know I've always been the one in the family that nobody did anything for and, you know all that kind of stuff and 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 so really what it is is that the devil is behind all of our tragedies and all of our misfortunes but then he points the finger at God huh and then even after you come to know God he's still pointing the finger at him he's the one who did that he he did that to you. He didn't want you to have anything good in life. He didn't make a way for you. He didn't come for you when you were needing something or where somebody had abandoned you or something like that. was God. He did that to you. And so if we can get the truth about God to the forefront and then invest our faith and confidence in that, we will be able to please God and then we'll see all the lies of the enemy get challenged for a change. You know, what about challenging some of his stuff that he's always talking about uh, with the word of God? And so that's why the, the Bible states over and over, only believe. Believe only and not doubt. Believe only and don't add anything to it. See, many times people want to uh say they believe God, but then they sometimes don't know how to express their faith in God. Well, well, we know from the Bible, faith without works is dead. There has to be some kind of corresponding action to prove that you have faith. Amen. And so if, if we'll, if we'll walk with God and be obedient to Him, then we'll understand what things go with our faith. Instead of trying to figure out something to do that that contradicts our faith, amen, or challenges our faith, or say it's like people will say, "Well, <clears throat> you know, I know God. God's a healer. He's not. No, he's not a healer. He's the healer. He's the only. He He Himself took our infirmities. So if He took something, 
He has ownership of it. So he owned our sin and put in its place his health, his wholeness, and his righteousness. And so he's not one of many people out there who can do something for you. And see, this is why they'll add things to to the word. Well, you know, uh, God wants you well, but you got to use wisdom too. Where is that going to come from? Them, them vitamin gurus you listen to? And they got a different pill for you every week. You know what I'm saying? They little pack of supplements. One day it's uh, anti-cholesterol. Next thing, cholesterol ain't that bad after all. See what I'm saying? And so it's always that way. It just bounces around all the time. And so because God has told us that, that whatever we eat is sanctified if we pray over it. So that's what makes your food healthy for you is the fact that you have God's faith over it. Amen? No food is going to be 100%. <laughs> you know? Come on now. Uh-huh. There's there's no magic bullet as far as something you can pop in your mouth that's going to take care of you. <laughs> but God's word will always take care of you. Amen. Whether you have good food, quality food, you know, sometimes I think of what, what our younger generation eats, and I'm thinking, my goodness, it's the one that ain't still alive. You know what I'm saying? All that <laughs> fat and starch, fat and starch, fat and starch all day long. Nothing green. You know, if they offer them a lettuce and oh, hold that lettuce and tomato. I don't think I want that on there. Everything greasy. You know, whereas it used to be mothers took care of their family's diet. You know, they, if you weren't healthy, you could always blame your moms. She wasn't cooking right or she was putting too much of this in there, too much of that in there. But, you know, now we have to blame corporations on our bad health. Now we're trying to correct it in the natural, but we're not getting very far. So we've got to adopt God's word, folks, for for the things that we need. But it's so often that we want to add things to the word that that don't come from God's word to add to. You got me? So what happens is they become substitutes for our faith. Because it's easy to get on to... Uh, health food, supplements, all that stuff, and neglect the Word of God. Because you, you think, well, I'm doing this, and this is going to take care of it. Um, it might help a little bit. Amen. It's like Paul said, bodily exercise profits little. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And because he understood that people, see, he lived in the time where um, uh, the Greek Greek culture really dictated the the culture of the day. Everybody looked up to, even the Romans did. The Romans were more powerful than the Greeks. They they uh, had them under their dominion. Rome had conquered every civilization known to at that period of time. Even the Jews, they had to go through Caesar to get permission to carry out their temple laws and regulations. And so, even though Rome had put the Greeks in subjection to them, they still lifted them up by honoring their culture because their culture seemed to be far superior to any culture anybody had known. The Romans were kind of rough, barbarians, you know what I'm saying. 
but they copied everything that the Greeks did. One thing the Greeks did was they admired the human body and they sent, uh, sought to perfect it, kind of like people do now. Got me? With all the gym memberships and all these people can't take off. I, I saw where there was a uh, one of the businesses in New Jersey that is openly defying and challenging their, their lockdown law is a gym because they feel it's so essential to their people. So really people are connected and addicted to things like that now because they put so much confidence in self-improvement where they will defy the law so that they don't have to miss their time of self-improvement. So it's a lot similar to what they had back there in the day. So Paul knew that people, once they got started, with the bodybuilding that they did and the athletics that they did was part that was part of the Greek culture, they get carried away with it. So he said that profits little. Amen. What you want to exercise is your spiritual muscle. Amen. So that you can do the will of God. That's why many times people don't see the 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 understanding that that's true is just out there because that's how why many people you ever notice at the beginning of the year? You ever drive by Planet Fitness on on uh, New Year's Day? It parking lot is jammed. But by the time March comes, it's trickle, 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 trickle. Everybody's back to their normal thing again because it's hard to hold your interest in things that don't profit very much. They profit little, and so God's word then prevails is true anyway. Whether they know that's God's word or not, they prove it out because it holds little interest for people. I mean, ordinary people. I'm not talking about them bodybuilding fanatic people that don't have nothing to do. You know what I'm saying? They don't have a life to get involved in outside of that. You know, so, you know, it's a self-improvement craze that goes through every society. And it's in ours, too. But people are not improving themselves in the right way. We're doing it. We're trying to improve the natural man and improve ourselves in, in physical ways. But we, cause we can't get at the root of what's wrong with humanity. And that is our spirits are not connected to God anymore. And if you have to get connected to God through being born again and of, in order to get peace about yourself, in order to get purpose, in order to get all your little questions answered and all your little ducks in a row, you've got to connect to God in order for that to happen for you. And that's why the preaching of the gospel is so important for those of us who believe. But what does the devil do? He immediately gets us distracted or off course with something else that we think we got to add to the word or something else we got to do because everybody else is doing it. And we don't know how to resist the temptation to be like the world. Amen. And so God wants us to understand that only faith is what he requires. See, it's so simple. It's so simple, yet we find a way to complicate it every time. You know, you'd be going along pretty well and, and, you know, doing your confession over your uh, physical condition or under over your employment condition or over anything. And then all of a sudden the devil says, now you got to do more than that. You know it don't. That's all. Come on now. 
where's your this and where's your that and where's your this and where's your that. And he'll get us distracted in trying to add what we think is adding something to our faith, but really it's strong enough to be a substitute for your faith. And so that's what we don't want. We don't want to substitute something else for our faith, for our believing, for our spending time in the word, for our spending time meditating on the word and worshiping God and all of the things that we know keep us connected by our spirits to God. Those are the things that you add to your faith, if anything. So you add spiritual to spiritual. You don't uh, try to add something natural to it. And then you wind up with a substitute that will pull you off of believing God. See, you want to stay engaged, keep your spirit engaged. So when Jesus says only believe, he means that. In other words, don't add anything. Don't add any requirements to your believing. Understand what only believe actually means. It means believe and not doubt. It means believe and not add some something substitutionary or something you think is important as well. And then that winds up being what you put your faith in instead of putting your faith in God's word. You have to watch yourself with everything. Like, you know, if you if you have to take medication for something, you don't feel good without it. But you're believing God for to at some point you, are, you at least talk to the pill. You, you understand what I'm saying? You Instead of letting yourself get dependent on it as your only source, which you do have to depend on it to keep you going from day to day, but you don't put your confidence and your faith in it. So you got to put some faith in it. Okay, God, I believe this is going to take away the troublesome symptoms so that I don't have to, so that I can go to work every day, I can feel good every day, I can do this, I can do that, but this is not my healing. Amen. I still want my healing supernaturally by your word. And so once we understand what we're doing and how to keep it in perspective, then we will have the word as our foundation for everything and and keep putting the word in and keep expecting to get off of medications. Keep expecting them to go, even if it takes years. I mean, what else are you doing? Amen. Talk to the crazy pill. So that you can, you know, tell that pill, well, one day soon I won't have to take you anymore. I'm taking you now, but you're not my health and my healing. My confidence that I am healed. Amen. You just help me to manage symptoms and that's it. And so we have to always keep our faith engaged and keep our faith active in God's word. Because it's easy for it to slip over into, you know, natural things. So, and I don't condemn anybody for taking something to make them feel better. You know what I'm saying? Or to manage symptoms and so forth and so on. Because if you're meditating on the word, you're only doing symptom management anyway. You're already healed. So what you're doing is fighting off this attack that's come against you to try and keep you from believing fully that you are healed. Amen. That's what symptoms do. They distract us from only believing from full faith and confidence in God. They'll always put that question mark out there. Well, if you're healed, why is, boom, see? And so if we can keep ourselves away from that way of thinking and keep ourselves engaged in only believe. Jesus, you told me to believe only and not doubt 
and not substitute other things for my faith and let my faith carry the day, then I would receive. He says, if you believe, you receive. Amen. The glory of God and whatever it is God has for you. So he's looking for people who believe. Amen. That's what God's looking for. So if you believe that everything has been done for every need that you have, then you'll be able to live that carefree life that God wants you to believe. You feed on the word. Uh, It's hard to believe if you don't stay in the word on a regular basis. Amen. It's very hard. And so then there's no reason to try and keep your faith in God outside of the word. So, and it's only the word that's guaranteed by God to come to pass. He He can't make things come to pass other than his word. And so that's what he wants. He says, if you continue in my word, you're my disciple indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And so that's that's the condition. You We've got to do something in order to have the kind of faith that God wants us to have. Amen. And so if if we'll do that, then we'll be able to uh, fulfill all of the things that God has given us to do. So uh, it's a good thing. Amen. It's a good thing. Sheree, you need a little help with that? Oh, okay. All righty. It's okay because I was going to say we can get somebody to give you a hand if you need it. All right. <clears throat> so number one, in as far as your healing is concerned, that is covered in Isaiah 53, starting in verse 1. And, and really, all of your needs are covered in this one passage of Scripture, which I think is excellent. So then what you, what you begin to understand is that everything that you need has been covered in the atonement or in the uh, um, finished work. We have different names for it. Uh, sometimes we call it the finished work of the cross or uh, where Jesus took our place in suffering and suffered as a substitute for us so that by believing he did that for us, you get the free gift of eternal life or you get the free gift of healing, deliverance, whatever it is that you need from God comes to you as a free gift for believing. Amen. So if you believe in in then the issue of pushing other things out of your mind as uh, as qualifications for us being able to receive from God, uh, that's when you get into your challenge of uh, can I just only believe and that's it? Yeah, that's true. Amen. And so because we're so used to doing stuff and trying to make things happen and uh, not really using our faith, but you have to continue you have to commit to feed your faith. You can't just try and believe it out of thin air. It's got to be uh, connected to his word. And so uh, he talks about in 53.1, who has believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? So the arm of the Lord reveals, re- refers to the strength of God. So the strength of God is revealed to people who believe the report that Jesus took it on himself, our suffering, sin, sickness, took everything. And sometimes that's kind of deep to believe, you know. I mean, God, you don't know what I did this morning. 
or you don't know what I wish I could do to somebody if I could find them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> really? You don't know this girl. But, uh, yeah, he took all of that. He took your, your bad wishes and your, now everybody take them pins out them voodoo dolls. Now we will go for that round here, okay? Uh, come on. It says, in verse 5, it says, well, verse 3, he's despised and rejected of men. So he even took that for us. All these people running around talking about who didn't like him and all that. He took that already. So that's like not a conversation anymore. He's despised and rejected of men. That means all them old boyfriends, all them wannabe boyfriends, the ones you just met yesterday. See, when they despise and reject you, he took that too, all right? So don't let that be a surprise. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, amen? We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. And that's talking about the way he was treated when he was on the cross. So some of this is as it happens. Most of it is is pertaining to the benefit we get. He says, but surely... So that means in covenant. So that's a done deal, already done. Amen. Uh, that word, surely, verily, truly, I swear, I swear. That's what that means. He's swearing his life on it. He has already carried our sorrows, our griefs, our pains. Yet we still, and this going back to on the cross, we saw him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He took it, but he was wounded for us. Amen. Is wounded for our transgressions, our sins, our everything we did wrong. This is why it's it's not um, wise to keep thinking about disqualifying yourself because of some wrong you've done. He took it already. Amen. So he let you go free. He took the pain and the penalty. He was bruised for our iniquities. In other words, iniquity is something. Is a desire to sin that runs deep in us. You don't have to let it distract you off of God's purpose for your life anymore. I don't care how deep it runs. Uh, this includes the so-called generational curses. This includes all of the family uh, traits. And Well, you know, I come from a long line of alcoholics. Well, you want to stay in line or you want to get over here with God? Amen. We don't care about all the drunks in your family. And call them what they are. They drunks. Alcoholic is too nice a term. <laughs> Amen. It says all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So he took all of everybody's sin. He only had to please the Father in this. So your opinion doesn't matter. My opinion doesn't matter. You want to argue with it and say, oh, he couldn't have taken that. You mean everything? Yeah, just take your free, get out of jail free card and go and quit arguing about trying to figure out what he may not have taken. Amen. Why would you ever want to give yourself a way out of freedom? I don't know. Nah says he was oppressed and he was afflicted oh you mean nobody can oppress me anymore uh yeah 
So get out of the victim line. Amen. We don't have any victims in this kingdom. Amen. The more people make you a victim, the more control they want over you. Amen. You can't do this and you can't do that. And oh yeah, they're, they're against you. And oh, your husband won't let you do this and won't let you do that and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's like, you know, and usually husbands just sit up and look at you and say, well, what do you want to do? Just get up and go do some quick whining to me. You know, that's the implication there, but. It's all imaginary. Huh? So he opened not his mouth. He was oppressed, so he took it. He didn't try to fight his way out of the oppression that was laid on him. Everything that was laid on him, he took it. Amen. So that, it, say he had resisted some of that stuff, then that would be something that we, we wouldn't uh, be able to, to claim victory over. If he had said a word to defend himself we would he would declare himself innocent amen and the the accusation wouldn't stick to him so every accusation that the devil would try and bring against us we can refuse it on the basis of jesus took it all amen he took everything Uh, he was left alone all of his followers disciples nobody stood for him so that loneliness we feel, we think, you know, nobody loves us. And, you know, just go get in your word. You know what I'm saying? Don't even give yourself time to think about yourself like that. It's some kind of crazy victim. Amen. So he was oppressed and he and, and afflicted. Amen. So even our afflictions, the things that we suffer, we get we can get deliverance from. Now, not all healing and, and deliverance is instantaneous. You might have to walk with him like Paul said. That God told him his grace was sufficient for him. God's strength is made perfect in weakness. So how will we know the, the true strength of God? See, you can know your own strength. That's one thing. But you got to go deeper than that because you're in covenant with him to know what true strength is. And so the true strength of God begins to be evident when we cannot do anything for ourselves we cannot move beyond where we are and we cannot just make things happen for ourselves when we have to endure and so that's part of our identifying with christ is having to endure certain things in this life amen and then but we know that that god will has already delivered us from them and that he is a merciful god We'll get relief from them. It won't be as bad as we thought it was going to be. Amen. It, it'll be okay. Amen. As as we put in the word and as we continue to believe and as we seek him as our deliverer. So he says uh, uh, um, in verse 10, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Amen. So you're not doing God any favors by saying, oh, I feel so bad. For Jesus, because you know, feel bad for yourself if He didn't do it. Amen. Feel good for yourself and the whole world because God did. He died for the sins of the world, and so in in God then is able to uh, look upon Jesus and His sufferings. In verse eleven, and it says He was satisfied. So that means we don't have room to grumble. We don't have room to gripe. We don't have room to complain. 
because God is satisfied with the suffering of his son. It was perfect in that it paid the price for us. And and what how we respond is we commit to serve him. Amen. Uh, there should be nothing God requires of us that we would be unwilling to do. Because he empowers us to do it. He took the burden of sin away from us, so that makes it easy. You know, it's hard to serve God if you got the burden of sin on you. Easiest thing in the world to now is to serve him, that all that from the world has been lifted. You know, all of the, uh, say for instance, if you just, if, if you just live by faith, you'll find that ideas from God come to you easily. You carry them out without being hindered. Everything is on that easy flow that comes when we obey the will of God. But think about how your life has been in the past without him. Scared to do anything because you're scared it wasn't going to work or, you know, if you went to, if you wanted to move beyond where you are and prosper a little bit, you got scared to do that and you got talked yourself out of it. How many things have we talked ourselves out of in the natural realm because we're so sure they won't work? Well, how can we be sure they won't work? Because in the past, nothing's ever worked for us. We got good history. I know I do. I got a good history of stuff not working. Amen. You go to start something. I don't know how many times I went to school, went to different uh, occupations, trying to find something I liked, never found anything I liked. When I got saved, I've been preaching 30, 35 years now. See what I'm saying? So, And I'm thankful God rescued me. I was wondering what I'm going to do next. You know what I'm saying? That that gets real thin after a while. But I praise God. He, he was my answer when I found that answer. But even now, the things that we embark on, that old nature can creep up there and try to talk us out of it just like it used to every single time. But now, all of that's gone. That oppression's gone. See, even if you decide you can't do it today because you don't want to step out in faith or you're afraid to step out, if you let God know that, he will get your heart prepared to be able to step out at some point. You'll get in church and you'll hear a message. Somebody will come up to you and, and encourage you one way or the other. He begins to build you up so that you can do his will. And so there is nothing impossible if we believe God. But it's good to have these things. Let those things be originated by God. Don't always have to come up with some kind of answer or some kind of project or something you're interested in or something. Just stay in your word and let God begin to develop faith in you. Let him begin to develop desire to do his will in you. and 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 God will, will, uh, you know, you'll find living in the kingdom. And that's what it's, the kingdom is a faith place. And so you'll find yourself living in God's kingdom where there are no worries, no fears, no cares, nothing like that. He doesn't want us to be burdened like that. He doesn't want us to sit around always second guessing ourselves. Is that right? Is this right? Is that right? Is this right? You know, he wants us to be able to just live in that atmosphere of total faith and confidence in him, total trust, 
if if your life isn't smoking hot today it'll be smoking hot one day if you stay with god you know what i'm saying it'll be smoking in one direction different direction but uh he'll give you a life that's worth living where we can lose our taste for the things that we used to be drawn to or we used to think was so great and so wonderful and so god changes us he does We have to give him time for that change. And part of that change is that he develops our faith so that we only believe. Amen. So the first thing we said, we have to believe in the atonement, that it is a free gift of God. Once you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, then the free gifts start pouring in. Amen. The goodies start coming in. And so, and that will happen with everything in every area of your life. Amen. So who has believed our report? I believe it. Amen. And I know you do too. We believe God's report. And to us, his strength will be revealed. So only believe so that his strength will be revealed to you. Amen. Many people work at having things or being healed instead of working at believing. So this is what your life will be. It will be working at believing. Amen. Uh, working at doing things that keep your faith strong or that will put you in a greater place of faith. Working at believing. That's the work of faith. Amen. Uh, so and faith really gives us that new beginning in God. So in Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, in other words, his word or the truth about his word, and believe in your heart that he's all powerful, that God's raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. With the heart, that's where your righteousness comes in. That's why the Bible tells you to guard it diligently. So don't know if you're going to do anything, you keep your heart right before God. And be diligent about it. Amen. Uh, why? Because life issues out of that. Amen. So from your heart issues everything that that uh, kind of organizes your life, supplies your life. All your life supply comes from your heart. So you want your heart to be supplied with righteousness. You want it to be supplied with the good fruit of the spirit. You want your heart to be supplied with all good things. And so the writer says just to guard it diligently. Don't let a day go by without checking in with God and saying, God, do I have something against somebody? I had a little rough time today and I want to forgive all these people, you know, the from the person that hung up on me, disconnected me three times on the phone call to the you know i mean whatever it is because if we're not diligent we start see the worst thing you can do is think something's not important enough to address see diligent people account for every penny got me (laughs) they account for every penny i remember my husband would get his paycheck and figure out where the money went if too much was taken out and I'm thinking to myself, come on now, all them deductions and stuff. Well, they want you to get sloppy because it's too complicated for you to handle. But he always checked behind those people and made sure his paycheck was right. Amen. I thank God for that. Most people don't even think about it. We're just so glad to get the money and go. It's spent before we even get it. So we're not interested in making sure if it's right or not. Amen. 
And so, but, but see, diligence, that's diligence to me. Diligent people account for every penny. So if you're diligent about guarding your heart, you'll count for every. Who was I upset with today? And, and if this is a pattern, why do I always keep getting upset about the same thing, Lord? Now let's deal with this. Let's get this done so I can move on to peace. Amen. I don't want to keep dealing with the nonsense over and over again. And so, uh, and I think that's a good way to be. And, and if you guard your heart before you turn in at night, even if you're lying down, Scott, is everything right between us? I want peace between me and you. You know, if you have any doubt, I mean, you don't have to keep going rifling through your closet all the time. But if you have any doubt, if you if you know you had a discouraged day or you had sometimes it's us, not other people. And it's not anything we've done. Sometimes we're a little angry that we don't have as much as fast as we want to have. And so that will put you kind of at a distance between you and God. So you want to take care of those things that put you at a distance that make you feel like you're kind of out of sorts or you're not as excited about your life as a Christian today because you think you ought to be further along and further along where? You know, you don't want to get ahead of God. Because if you, I'll tell you what usually happens. If you're so concerned about being further along, you'll start falling behind. Because you won't be focused in the right place. This is no contest. God's already mapped out. Listen, he knows you're going to get up tomorrow and blow your nose. He knows every step you're going to make to get to the bathroom. Whether you're going to get there in the, or if you have to get up and go in the middle of the night. If you're going to stumble on something before. He knows everything. So you have to trust him that he has the right things planned for us. Because you're not going to miss anything he has planned for you if you stay connected to him. Huh? You know, I mean, <laughs> I used to ask my husband a million questions about things. He said, ah, he said, we'll get to that. He said, you going anywhere? I said, no, sir. <laughs> Unless you're going somewhere, I don't have to tell you nothing about nothing too much. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, okay, calm down, settle down. We'll get there. Amen. God will get you there. Just got to believe. So he says the very hairs of our head are numbered. I don't care if your hair is over on the dresser or you don't even remember where you put it the last time. He knows how many belong to you. So, and, and he's quick to, to care for us. He's quick to respond to us. And he's quick to um, supply us. The Bible says he's attentive to us. He watches over us. Why? To respond to our needs. He's not watching over you to catch you in nothing. You shouldn't be doing nothing if you belong to God. I mean, what are you scared of him catching you in? Amen? That he doesn't know already it's going to happen and he's going to make a remedy for you. So, I mean, come on now. We can settle down. We can trust him. We can trust what he's doing. So, we know that we said many people work at being healed instead of work at believing. So, work at believing instead of being. You're already healed. Amen. Just work at believing that. Believing it's done already. Believing that price has been paid. And just spend your time telling God what you already believe. Lord, I thank you for healing me. I thank you, Lord, for blessing me with good health. 
Thank you, Lord, for taking every single symptom away. You know, see, that'll get get real good to you younger people when you get older. (laughs) Thank you for taking every symptom away (laughs) and renewing my youth, the good part of my youth, not the dumb stuff, but the good part. Amen. Amen. So so Proverbs 4, 20 to 22 describes the work of believing. This is how you work at believing is inclining your ear to God's word. Amen. Father, in other words, stretch yourself out toward it. Lean into it. That's a little bit of work. You're so busy wanting to work at something. Inclining your ear is a little bit of work that you can do. Amen. That's that's what that is. So once you incline your ear to his sayings or incline your ear to what he wants for you, then you can begin to mutter, meditate, hide the word in your heart. Don't let it depart. How does the word depart? Something comes along to tell you something different. Your own thoughts can cause the word to depart from you. All you got to do is hit up on something that you think you want so bad you don't want to trust God to bring it to you. Amen. And then that word will depart from you. Same word that you were believing so strong in and God's going to do this and God's going to do that. The minute you find another way, it's like you <laughs> standing at the bus stop and you know that the, the, thanks Nikki, appreciate it. Honey, if you don't have enough time, you think you got enough time? All right. All right. Thank you. See ya. All right. So, um, so then, um, uh, it, I, I was saying, you see, when you have a promise from God, you have to ride his bus all the time. You can't get on another one. You know how you'll have one bus stop and several destination buses will stop there? You know, you gotta read that sign across the banner across the top. Anybody ever hop on the wrong bus and you wind up somewhere? They go make a turn you're not familiar with, and you don't know what to do. Huh? Got to go to the end of the line, or got to hop off, or something like that. And so that's that's what happens with us. We're believing God for something and waiting, believing that God is getting us there. But in the meantime, another bus will show up with a shortcut to get there, and we want to hop off God's bus and hop on the other bus. Amen. And so uh, you got to learn how to stay on the bus until you reach your destination. Because at least God's word guarantees you'll get there. Anything else you might do is no guarantee you'll get there. Amen. You'll get somewhere, but it won't be where God wants you to be. Amen. And so we, we have to make sure. So Proverbs 420 to 22 is our insurance policy that we're working on, on believing, on only believing. Amen. So there, uh, when it comes to uh, healing, uh, many times we have, instead of putting our faith in God's word, and this is, this is uh, easy for people to get kind of off track in certain areas, especially when it's something that you know is, is really supernatural. And healing is one of those things you either are, are sick or you're well, have symptoms you don't, you know, it's kind of 
black and white. And so people want alleviation from their suffering. They want to be, especially if, if they deemed you incurable, you know, I mean, you want that off your mind. You want that off your record. You want that stricken down. And so many times, though, people will begin to put faith in other things. Like you you know you can go to somebody's healing meeting. You'll start putting your faith in the altar call. Amen. And oftentimes we do get healed that way. That's a legitimate way to get healed because the anointing gets released. But think about maybe if you get your word before you come to church, it'd be gone before you get there. There's nothing wrong with getting prayer now. You know, this, don't get me wrong on this. But it's we have to keep ourselves focused on it's the word that is doing the work. See, it's the word that's doing it. I'm not sure why this nation is in the position it's in. There's all kinds of rumors flying around about everything. But we've been separated from many things that we depended on for a long time. And and people's jobs, schools, um, sources, supplies, um, things of that nature, a church. And so we're going through this hopefully, to get stronger on the word. See, if you can come out of this and say, you know what I did? I got my word every day. I didn't I didn't make an excuse for not reading my Bible. I, I was uh, in church every time we had service, and I was on time. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, really, really blow the devil's mind. Amen? <laughs> but I'm serious. You know, things like that. There must be a way that we can improve ourselves even in the restrictions in order to get get what God wants out of it. See, if we if we come out of this kind of just barely dragging on and barely getting by and just with the remnants of whatever life we thought we could muster up, then what was the purpose of the trial? If you didn't get stronger, if you didn't get more diligent, if you didn't get more devoted, if you didn't, what was the purpose of having church attendance threatened if we didn't get more committed, more loving toward God, more appreciative toward God? See, whenever you're tested, it's a test of strength, devotion, faith, whatever. When those things come up against the test, what do you want to come out with? The same condition you were in? then you're not tested. You just kind of floated through. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, you know, my teacher gives tests and they're so easy. You know, I can do, well, hopefully you'll get something more challenging. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So that you can find out what you do know and what you don't know. See, a test reveals everything. It reveals what you really think about God. Have you really been trusting God or you've been trusting in your job? You've been trusting in man? You've been trusting in, you know, what have you had your confidence in? And so a test reveals all of that. It reveals strength and it reveals weakness. Amen. And so when it reveals weakness, then we make the correction so that the next time something like this comes up, we're not weaker than we were when we went in we've corrected some things and we got stronger amen i know i've corrected some things you know i'm 
running. I said, oh, I got to run to Detroit. Oh, I got to back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Well, Barb, you don't have to do that now. What you going to do? Huh? Can't run back and forth and, you know, take a, a snack word, uh, take your, your scripture as a snack instead of having a full meal, make a whole day's meal off of it. Amen. Nibbling. You, you ever, like, I do that sometimes now. I, I just notice things that I do. And, um, like if, if I get, say like we take our meals on Sundays or whatever and you get a little flip, I say, ooh, I got a flip. And you know, you look at it in the refrigerator and say, ooh, when I'm gonna eat my flip? You know, you just have it, you know you got it, you can savor it, nibble off of it. Da, 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 da. Well, that's what I started doing with the word. See, instead of just do it once a day and slam the book and, okay, I'm good to go. That's my flip. My Bible is my new flip. See, I can go back and nibble on it some more. And and I did that when I was a brand new believer. I wasn't in a church. I just knew that Bible was my friend. It's what we call the honeymoon. Amen? With God. And and so it becomes an all-day meal. Where you live by every word that proceeds. You live out of everything that's in your flip. I'll go in there and I say, I only ate half of that. That's not me. (laughs) Somebody left me another half a sandwich. But here I am. I got it. I got my, you know. And, And I think if we will look at it, savor the word of God for the precious truth that it is. And not let it depart. Keep feeding on it. Keep yourself full of it. Then you'll be able to only believe and not doubt. Certain things you just they just won't push you to to believe wrongly. I can remember scriptures. I remember liking them when throughout the years, you know, or, or kind of early in my walk with God, I would like certain scriptures. And I ran across that scripture that says, my heart is fixed. I said, ooh, that's good for somebody with a bad heart. You got a fixed heart. And I just believe I'll never have heart disease. And I don't. I have, I have symptoms of other stuff, but I don't have no heart symptoms at all. You know, and doctors said, we check your heart. No, we don't. Because my heart is fixed. Amen. So I'll throw her a bone every now and then, let her take one of them little EKGs. I was going to say, I can get one of them at a dime store. What you taking? But anyway, I say, yeah, I told you my heart was fixed. I will not have heart disease. How can you be so sure? That's what we call the open door. Amen. So I get to tell her about my life with God. Amen. That's good. It's a good thing. Amen. So, but yeah, my heart is fixed, y'all. You don't have to worry about me keeling over nothing or anything stupid because my heart is fixed. And and it's 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 at the point where I can't be moved off of it. I haven't been able to be moved off of it for a long time, you know. And so when when the Bible says, "Take no thought, consider not," it's one of those things. The thought of look, you look at somebody's got heart trouble, and you just don't even consider that's you. You understand what I'm saying? And that's the way we're supposed to live about everything. Consider not. You don't put yourself in the place of somebody that's got sickness. You don't put them in the place of somebody that's got money problems. Amen. 
I consider not money problems. If I get concerned that I just get a sense that I need to cut back on my spending, I cut back on it. But I'm not running, you know, calling them little numbers where you get your your balance every day. And I don't live like that, folks. I just, you know, sometimes I know I should. I say, you better check because you've been spending like I said, nah, somebody, some more will show up pretty soon. Amen. From somewhere. But, you know, God is in control of my finances. So it's good to be prudent. It's good not to be wasteful and a spendthrift. You know what I'm saying? I'll spend more clothes for other people than I do on my own sometimes. You understand what I'm saying? Because it's just something in you you want to show the goodness of God. You know, I don't need everything from I've had stuff forever. I didn't have so much stuff as then went out of fashion and going back in again and going looking at class. So what are they making this? I haven't seen this before. Where did this come from? You know, from back in the day. And so there's nothing new in, in that that area for me. So praise God. Amen. So <clears throat> your your faith and confidence must be in the finished work of the cross. Amen. You're not innocent. Amen. But you have somebody that'll go to bat for you in your time of difficulty without fail amen without fail and you can confess to him tell him and he'll go to bat for you amen lawyers will tell you and jesus is our lawyer our advocate amen he speaks for us so we can just shut up amen let him do all the talking but good lawyers will tell you they'll they'll tell you well you know I have a client and I tell them to give them the, give me the whole truth unless they're guilty <laughs> you, know, you don't want to know all the truth but but God wants to know everything He wants you to confess everything and it's not that you're telling Him something new you're not telling Him anything you don't know just like when we pray and ask for our provision. He said, your father knows what you have need of before you ask. So what that means to me is the provision's already there. If a loving God knows what I need already before I ask him, it's already there. So why am I asking him? Amen. Why are we asking? Well, the Bible says he's the high priest over your what? What you say. Amen. So. The Bible tells us certain things we need to confess. Confess your faults. Amen. Confess your sins. Confess your your uh, faith. Amen. The profession of your faith. What do you believe in God for? He can do nothing until he has our confession. And really that word confess means to say the same thing that he's saying. So really you're saying the same thing when you confess. You say, God, I'm sorry. I I did that. I wouldn't slap, you know, somebody, anybody, pastor, or, you know, teacher, or a pastor, a, a parent, or husband, or some wife, somebody. I slap somebody, and I shouldn't do that. Well, he knows you did it already. Why do you need to confess it? So that you can get cleansed and forgiven. See, there's a benefit. There's always a benefit in our confessing and our saying. So the word confession really means saying the same thing as he says. He's saying that about you already. When you get convicted, it's like, girl, you know you're wrong. So he's saying that inside of you by the Holy Spirit. And what you do is say the same thing he says it. 
It also means to say together with somebody or come into agreement. God, I agree with you. That was wrong. And I'm I'm asking you to forgive me, Father, but can you help me not to be so flighty and so eager to go slap somebody or restrain my hands or something or anything? You know, let's let's get together on this. And, and of course, he wants to. Amen. He wants to. And so um, so when we confess, that's really what it means. It means to say the same thing that he says. Amen. So in. You have to walk in harmony with God to know what he's saying. See, when you feel that little irritation in your spirit, you feel that little stop, that little glitch, you know something's wrong between the two of you. So you seek him and say, God, I want to say the same thing you're saying about me. Is it this that I did? Is it that that I did? Amen. Now, once it's confessed, don't keep saying it over and over again. Amen. He's not saying that about you anymore if you confessed it. And you know, take your cleansing, take your forgiveness, and and get righteousness established, the same heart that he has. Get that established between the two of you and where you share one heart. That's what you want to do. Amen? And when it says guard your heart, you want to share one heart with God. Want to think like he thinks. Believe like he believes. It'll shock you. The things we consider important, you find out how petty they are once you find out what God thinks about people and things and all of that. And he'll show you sometime. He'll show you people. He'll show you, you know, who they are and, and, uh, what, what, what he wants to do with them. Sometimes he'll, he'll be able to show you, you know, sometimes people have certain things about them, you, certain things about you that are easy for you. They're called giftings, you know, and sometimes he'll work through your gift to get you to see how he sees. Amen. And so, uh, and I noticed this not, not just since I've been in ministry, but, but even before that, God would always show me something about somebody that he admired and he put in them and he sees it as a strength. Amen. And so even if that person was a cut up and a a whatever, I was able to fall back and relax on my gifting and ability. And see, that's what prophets are called to do. We're called to see into people what's what's good about them. I don't, you know, anybody can see your sin. You can see it. We, We can all see it. So I'm not, unless it really gets in the way, you understand what I'm saying? God won't call me just point something out to somebody. You understand what I'm saying? You have time to deal with God with that stuff. And I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. I don't want people to be running every time I come up. Oh, she going to see something. No, I don't see nothing. But And where I can help you the most is with the strength that you have, the ability you have in God. What has God called you to do? Amen? And guiding and directing that part of you and not wanting to see it be wasted by you living a crazy life you understand so that's sometimes my frustration to see people as god sees them i say well why are they doing this over here you know and so you want to make people aware of what god sees in them what their strengths are their abilities all of those things that will help you more than beating you up about a cigarette habit or about a backbiting habit or about anything like that Pulling that strength out of you 
with the word and with direction and encouragement and all that kind of stuff will do you more good throughout your life than somebody keeping you in the penalty box because you slipped up and did something you weren't supposed to do. Like we all can't do that, right? We can all do it, and we all do. And so what we want to do is take the atonement, take the blood, take the freedom that it brings you to untangle untangle yourself from uh, things that would hinder your walk with God. Amen? Can hinder hinder your development and your gift and your calling, all of that kind of stuff. So you want to be attentive to those things. So when you share God's heart, you can see all those things. Amen? As much as he wants to reveal to you, I don't want to say you could look on your own, but things that and it'll be easy for you to receive good news about people. You know, sometimes you'll look at people and you get a little jealous and then you'll say, well, God, and he said, well, that's because it's about what you see in them is of great value. See what I'm saying? And the Bible tells us to earnestly covet the best. We we can covet some things, desire to have those things working in our lives. Amen. Uh, it's, it's not always coming from the flesh and that kind of stuff. And so, but it has to be an earnest coveting. It can't be, well, I want this and I want that. They ain't supposed, how can they have all this stuff and I can't have it kind of thing. That's, that's, you know, fleshly covetousness. But it's good to see people as God sees them. And if you, you keep your, your heart, guard your heart and, and rely on the fact that your sins are forgiven past, present, and future. That you can confess these things to God, you know, just, just in normal conversation sometimes. God, I don't like this. I'm, I'm stuck in this place. I'm stuck here, stuck there, and I keep trying to get out, <laughs> keep messing up on the way out, all that kind of stuff, you know, and, and just keep it real with him. Keep it real with him. Amen. So we need to have our faith in God's word. I said when it comes to healing, sometimes we can have our faith only in the altar call. Sometimes we put our faith in everybody else's prayers but our own. Amen. What's wrong with your prayers? Probably because you haven't learned how to pray. And so those are things that, that we need teaching and learning in. But we must have our faith in the atoning work of the cross and the power of our covenant with him. Amen. So when in in see I've seen it where people will um sit in the healing school and you can see they're not paying attention to the word but they want to leap up there to the altar when the altar calls made like you can get that without the word you know what I'm saying and so in in really for to have really the best kind of healing school we could have we probably need to do more teaching than we do amen wouldn't hurt to teach an extra day but, you know, you wonder if people will really come out for more time than that. So we're just living in that age where people are distracted and they want everything else but God and his word. Don't want to pay the price for it. Amen. So your faith must be in the power of God and in his word and not in our ideas, not in our wisdom. You know, some people will want to wrestle you down. Well, well, yeah, pray for me because I said I prayed for you for that already. Well, I need prayer. No, you don't need prayer again. Go read your Bible. You know, you you prayer is not going to help you do what you're supposed to do yourself. Amen. And so we need to, to begin to teach people. But before people can sit down and learn, they already often run into the next place that's going to pray for them all day long. And so it's it's you know we even made that track when prayer is not enough 
you know and it was about people getting into the word to get their healing from the word it's the word that heals you amen so when our faith is in god we believe in the medicine of the word proverbs 4 20 to 22 so when your faith is in god you will believe in the medicine of the word amen your mind will get jumpy and tell you nah, this, i gotta have somebody pray for me well, just keep taking just believe proverbs 4 meditate on that scripture first till you're confident that the word will heal you amen so every time we listen to the word our body receives medicine amen meditation listening to the word is what takes the medicine to all the parts of our body you can hear the word and it just gets stuck in your ear you want it to go from your ear to all the parts of the body that's what meditation does amen it starts to wash the cells of your body and bathe the cells of your body in the word of god and it won't happen without meditating on the word amen we can all hear a snatch of a familiar scripture and get happy and hallelujah and jump all over everything and tear up the carpet and the chairs and everybody in the in our path in the church but that is not our healing amen that's a your healing is in meditating so that word has to go further than just your ear it has to go in your ear and from your ear it goes to you know when you hear a sound in your ear your your hearing is not there your hearing is in your brain so you don't hear anything until that sound goes beyond the outside of your ear past your little eardrum and it beats on that and it sends sound waves into your brain and your brain tells you what you heard and no he didn't say i'm gonna marry you not on the first day amen so let your brain tell you and see your brain will tell you stuff and you heard when when your ears picked up something different huh did it amen come on now so you don't hear with them ears sticking out there you really hear with your brain amen so we have to take and and the word is prescribed for us by god you have to take the whole prescription amen you can't like take part of it until you feel better that's typical people have antibiotics got to take them for 10 days well on the third day you start your symptoms start going away but you quit taking it and it's back in a month and you mad at the doctor and they tell you you have to take the whole prescription there are some things in your body you cannot see and you cannot feel they have to be dealt with too but it's the same thing with the prescription of the word it, it there are things in your body even sometimes on a cellular level that you can't see that the word will drive out as far as driving out the root of the disease amen <clears throat> many times we want healing without a prescription from anybody you know we run to the altar because we don't like doctors well that's okay but you know if that's the best you can do you better go amen but if you're and, and we don't want the word either well what are you going to do you can't just see people think because they refuse the doctor's advice that means they go they got healed by god that's not you ever seen people do that they go to the doctor and then want to sit up and argue with them about everything they found out well what'd you go to them for huh 
uh, that you went to them to find something. Now that they, they found it, you all high and mighty on the word. And no, you ain't got no word in you. You just like to argue with people. Amen. You know, what you need to do is, is take what they give you and turn your face to the wall. Amen. Don't argue with nobody. Don't talk to nobody. But let yourself deal with that between you and God. And then come up with your plan for to be healed. Amen. But but we want healing without a prescription. We don't want to have to do anything besides nod our heads that we're healed and, and move on. Well, you got to put some some elbow into it to get your faith developed to the place where that can be a reality in your life. So you want a reality of that healing, and it comes by taking the medicine of the word. People think it's too much. I just can't sit up there and listen to that word all day long. Well, you're listening to something. Huh? Every time God requires something, it's because we are able to do it. He won't require something that you can't do. Amen. You can do it. If people find stuff they like, they started putting the earphones on and saying plugged into stuff all day long. We Many of us have jobs where that's permissible. Amen. Or you can drive down the street with that on and do that with the word. Amen. Do it where it'll pay off for you. <clears throat> we need to be able to, to shut out the natural fears and thoughts and focus only on his word, his truth. When it says attend to his word, it means give it your full attention, undivided attention. This, your faith class will be like the class you had to, to, uh, put all your effort into because you were afraid of failing. Remember those classes? You had always had some, you were scared, you put more effort into it, some of your classes were a little easier for you. This is the one you're afraid of failing. This is the one you put all effort into it. Amen. So, and you cannot fail this test because God will keep bringing his word back to you. But you've got to receive and embrace that word and be diligent about it. So really, when you take the word, the medicine of the word, say if you're not healed immediately, don't tell anybody you're waiting on a manifestation because you're not. You are taking your medicine. You know, people say, well, are you healed? Yes, I'm healed. Well, why do you have, I'm still taking my medicine. Do you mind? Me minding my own business? Amen. And you better be taking it. Because, and that's why I stress that. Because I don't like people thinking they're sitting up waiting for God to come down and do something. He's done it all already. So you've received the free gift, but you must take your prescription. Amen. So, and you take it until all your symptoms go away. Amen. To you, till you're free. Don't take it to that point where you feel better and you slack up on it. Have the killer mentality. I'm going in for the kill. Well, get rid of all this stuff. Matthew 13:15 tells us we can be healed at any time. You don't have to have a certain amount of days or months or whatever to look forward to having to torture yourself with the word. Don't even look at it that way. So we have to be careful how we view our commitment to get our our healing from the word. Amen. Jesus told people over and over again 
to only believe. Amen. One of the ones that I like is Mark 5. He, I think he's talking to the ruler of the synagogue or the centurion. I forget which one it is. Mark chapter 5 and verse 36. Yeah, it's the ruler of the synagogue. As soon as, okay, uh, verse 34, Jesus takes care of this woman with the issue of blood and stole the healing. He told her her faith has made her whole. So he's encouraging people around them in faith, to stay in faith. While he yet spoke, and this is what the devil does, as soon as you get a good word from God, they, this, <clears throat> people came from the, his house and said, your daughter is dead. Why are you troubling the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard that, he told him, don't be afraid, only believe. So get the fear and doubt out of the way. Fear and doubt and hesitation, distraction. Anything the enemy that can do to distract you from focusing your faith on what you want and what you're going after, he will do it. That's his job. These people were sitting, why weren't they out there with the ruler of the synagogue learning something about, they back there at the house waiting for this girl to die so they can run and give him the bad news. But immediately, you see how Jesus rescues us? See, sometimes you can have a thought that God's not going to do it, this faith stuff ain't working, it's taking too long, I'm tired of doing this, how come I can't read something else instead of my word all the time? You understand me? Those are distracting thoughts that will come to get you, pull you off of the focus of where God wants you to go with your, your faith is taking you somewhere. Those other things you might be looking at and listening to, they ain't going nowhere. You're going to get to the same place you've been all week long, all day long. And so Jesus sensed that fear has set up in that man's heart and he told him to resist that said, nope, don't take that on. Stay where you were. The man was cool until the bad news showed up. So Jesus says, don't you take on that fear. Move that out. You you can only have faith in your heart if you want something from me. So he has faith people following him. Amen. So if you want something from Jesus, you must only believe. You can't have fear, doubt, distractions, any of that. And once that word has settled in on you and you only believe, then you'll get the reap, you'll reap the fruits of that faith. And they are rich and rewarding because that faith that you use, say you use your faith for one healing, it'll build to the next, to the next, to the next. It'll help somebody else you pray for, somebody you run into that needs hands laid on them. That thing builds. That's why the devil don't want you to have it. Because he sees the damage you can do to him. If God can get one of his people, look at some of the, the people we read about that did, you know, tremendously phenomenal things with their faith. Amen? They changed nations. So why do you think the devil would just sit back and let you grow your faith and begin to use your faith? He don't want you doing that. And so, but but understand that you must believe only. Amen. Just don't add stuff to it. Don't say this ain't working. I need something else to do. No, 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 no. 
Just keep feeding your faith, strengthening your faith, and then God will come and manifest. He'll do it every single time without fail. Amen. Only believe. Amen. Praise God. Well, Father, we do thank you for giving us understanding of how important our faith is that we only believe what you say, Father. We only believe your word. And we thank you for your word. Thank you for your promise. Thank you for the atonement. It tells us who we are. It tells us everything that we need. And everything that that, uh, we have coming to us in this world, we are honored by it. We love you for it. We thank you for it. So, Father, we thank you. and We declare our confession. Why don't we say it? Rona don't have me. And I don't have her. (laughs) I can't get Rona. And she can't give me. Thank you, Father, that by the stripes of your son, Jesus, We are healed. Amen, amen, and amen. We have so decreed it. Amen.